Hi, I'm Pastor Corey, and you're listening to Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope that this sermon will guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org for more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. The Word of God. For us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Ellery, for that reading. And we do look forward to each Sunday as we go through the month of August where we will have different children who are participating and sharing the reading of the scriptures. We give thanks for their willingness to serve in that way. I'm Adam Seat, and I'm the lead pastor here at Orange. And I thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this worship experience today. We do encourage you to share this with your friends. Maybe you've got family or friends that are experiencing difficult times. I think we're all really experiencing difficult times right now. And so today might be an important message that they might be able to have the opportunity to hope, hope on. So thank you for being a part of this and sharing this with your friends and family. Let us pray. God of grace and God of mercy, we give thanks for your holy word as it has been read and now as your word is to be proclaimed. By the power of your Holy Spirit, would you transform the words that proceed from my mouth? And as they fall upon our ears and penetrate our hearts, may they be changed into the word of God that we need to hear today, individually and collectively as one body. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen. In 1939, as the Germans were openly defying the Munich Agreement and they occupied Czechoslovakia, the United Kingdom made a promise. They made a promise to Poland that they and France would come to Poland's defense in the event of a German invasion. And almost four months later after that promise, on September 1st, 1939, Germany invaded Poland, and two days later, the British and the French declared war on Germany. And then two weeks later after that, the Soviet Union attacked Poland from the east, and suddenly World War II was on in earnest. So in late 1939, the British government charged the Ministry of Information with the task of designing posters that might help boost morale among the British citizens during trying times as what they were heading towards. Now, the first two posters carried very simple messages. The first simply read, your courage, your cheerfulness, your resolution will bring us victory. I don't know about you, but facing tough times, hearing that my courage, my cheerfulness, and my resolution will bring us victory... It doesn't inspire much, I mean, to be honest. The next message of the poster that they designed simply said, freedom is in peril. Thank you, Captain Obvious. I mean, these messages were sort of not so awe-inspiring as much as they'd see it and say, oh, so maybe it was awe-inspiring. 
There was a third poster that they were charged with making, and they designed this poster with the intent that it would be on display upon the what they thought was to be sure a German invasion of Britain, an invasion that actually never took place. But this poster was designed, and they were prepared to distribute it upon public transit and shop windows and upon notice boards all across Britain if that, that invasion took place. That poster actually was never distributed because Germany never invaded Britain. However, that's probably the most famous one of the posters that you all probably have at some point in time seen. It's that poster that simply said, keep calm and carry on. That message of keeping calm in the face of trying times was intended to help those who were enduring such hardships that they might hold on and hope and carry on for the ultimate victory. Well, today, it sort of feels like we're in the throes of war as all over the world we're at battle with COVID-19, <laughs> seeking shelter, rationing goods, not sure what else the year 2020 might bring to us next. We've already heard about the murder hornets, and it seems like in the past couple of weeks, sharks have gotten the message that this is a perfect time to terrorize beachgoers. And now, a hurricane? Are you kidding me? I'm over it. This year has seemed so difficult already, and it just seems like our circumstances become more and more dire by the day, sometimes even by the hour. Now look, in no way would I dare say that the circumstances that we face right now are anywhere close to what was going on in the world during World War II. But I think that the trials we're facing right now are trials that will be remembered for generations to come. I mean, these days, these are hard. Now, I will confess that as these days have been so hard and we've gone through them over and over after the past few months, I personally, I've felt overwhelmed at times by it. Now, as followers of Jesus Christ, we know what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 5 when he wrote, and not only that, but we also boast in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. I know that passage but there's this part of me that just wants to know, can we skip over the suffering part? Can we skip over the character part, the endurance part? Can we just skip straight to the hope part? Can we just get a go straight to hope card? <laughs> I just, I feel so overwhelmed and we're growing so tired of the suffering that produces endurance, that produces character. We, we just want hope. And so the pastoral team here at Orange, we have truly felt that burden just like so many of you. As we try to vision, as we try to dream and plan out what life together looks like, sometimes for weeks or even months to come, 
we always try to start with God's word. And we try to discern what message God would have for us, the people of Orange. We ask the question many times, what message do the people of Orange need to hear? What word of God do they need to be reminded of? After much thought and after much prayer, we determined that the message that we all needed here, and quite possibly the pastoral team most of all, was a message of hope, a message for us in these times that it feels like maybe hope is gone, a message for understanding, a message of hope for belonging, a message of hope even in the silence. So to paraphrase those posters from World War II, instead of keep calm and carry on, we change that to keep calm and hope on. And so we want to look at different people through the scriptures. We want to look at different people that have been facing such trying circumstances and try to find the ways that God offered them hope in the midst of their circumstances. And today, we're actually looking at one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible. It's likely not one that you learned about in vacation Bible school as a child. Yes, in 2 Kings... Elisha has quite literally taken up the mantle of Elijah as God's prophet. And he has been demonstrating some remarkable signs and wonders, including raising a child from the dead in chapter 4, another time that an axe head has fallen off into the water, and he calls upon God, and that axe head floats upon the top of the water. Uh, remarkable signs and wonders that he has been doing. Go back and read through 2 Kings, especially those first few chapters, and you'll see some of those things that are taking place. Now, in chapter 6, we learn that Elisha has gone to Samaria, and there the Aramean army has laid siege. The Aramean army has surrounded, uh, the Aramean army has surrounded the city, and nothing can go in, and certainly nothing can go out. So this siege has created horrible conditions inside the walls. Horrible. Everything is deteriorating in a devastating way. We learn that things are so desperate that a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver for food. I don't think you could pay me 80 shekels of silver to eat a donkey's head. But things are so desperate for them that that is being sold. And I don't even want to hardly tell you about the next thing that it tells us in, in 2 Kings chapter 6. But it even says that dove's dung was sold for five shekels of silver. And if you don't know what that is, then blessings on you. I don't even want to know how much toilet paper and Clorox wipes we're going for behind those walls. The siege was so significant that we even learn about a dispute between two women because they had made an arrangement, an agreement that was absolutely so horrible. I will not even talk about it here in these moments, but you can go read it for yourself in 2 Kings chapter 6. Times were desperate. Times, quite frankly, they were hopeless. The king, 
He feels that hopelessness. The king is overwhelmed. And so he seeks out Elisha, this prophet of God. And he says to Elisha, this trouble is from the Lord. Why should I hope in the Lord any longer? Why should I hope in the Lord any longer? Those words are from someone who was hopeless. Yet those words may not be far from our own lips in difficult times. Why? Why should I hope for the Lord? Why should I hope in the Lord any longer? But Elisha knows. Elisha knows that a feast is coming. So in verse 3, we learn that just outside the walls of the city, there are four leprous men. Outside the city, because of their condition, has made them unclean. And since they were unclean, they had to remove themselves from the community to prevent the spread and others being made unclean. And now, typically in those circumstances... The city, the people of the city were charged with helping to take care of those who were on the outcast. They would take food to them. They would help provide whatever supplies and means were needed in as safe a way as possible. But when there's no food inside the walls, there's no food to send out to them. And so they are in their own state of hopelessness or even helplessness. And so they say to one another, why should we sit here until we die? If we say, let us enter the city, and the famine is in the city, then we shall die there. But if we sit here, we shall also die. Therefore, let us depart and desert to the Aramean camp. And if they spare our lives, then we live. And if they kill us, We shall die the way they see it. If they stay where they are, they die. If they go into the city, they die. But if they go into the Aramean camp and they are spared, then they live. But if the Arameans kill them, well, then they die. The difference between the king and the lepers is quite obvious to me. The king is hopeless, but the lepers cling to the very last fiber of hope. They will not stop in their hopelessness. They will keep moving. I'm reminded of how in 2015 I had the opportunity to to run in the New York City Marathon, and it was my first time running that race, and I was so excited. I trained so hard, and then the day of the race came, and the winds were blowing so fierce. 20 to 30 miles per hour headwind for 19 miles of the race. I was exhausted. Bruises upon my ankles as I crossed the the Verrazano Narrows Bridge and the wind would not allow me to run in a straight line, just pushing me to the side. Struggling and fighting against the wind for all that race. At mile 22, I remember seeing my wife and my sons on the side running as I'm running into Manhattan. And I run over to them. And as they're excited and encouraging me on, I bend over and I simply say, I'm done. I quit. I can go no further. My body ached. I hurt all over. 
I was just over it. I was done. I remember my wife Jennifer saying to me as I'm bent over, just struggling, struggling to even stand. And she said, you've only got four more miles. You can do it. And I remember inside my mind thinking, do you know how long four miles will take me to go? But I was reminded by watching her and my kids say, Dad, just start. Keep moving. Just keep moving. And so I did. I kept moving. When I thought I was hopeless, I kept moving. No full expectation of ever finishing that race. But eventually, I crossed that line. When we keep moving, we know we are offering the opportunity for hope. I have the opportunity to serve on the district committee of ordained ministry. And this week, as we were interviewing a candidate for ministry by Zoom, one of the candidates shared that she had received a call of, to ministry way back when she was in high school. But she didn't know what that meant in that moment. And so she talked to a pastor who told her that instead of just, just keep walking, that as she followed that call. And she was told by that pastor, she said, it's easier for God to redirect a moving object. It's easier for God to redirect a moving object. So she kept walking. That's what the lepers did. The lepers did not sit in their hopelessness. The lepers kept walking. And so they walk and they go to the Aramean camp. And they find that the camp has been completely abandoned. Scripture tells us that God had caused the Aramean army to hear a great sound, a sound of chariots, a sound of horses, a sound of a great army. And they thought that the king of Israel had hired the armies of the Hittites and the Egyptians to come and to fight them. And so hearing that sound, they fled and left everything behind. They abandoned their tents. They abandoned their horses. They abandoned their donkeys. They left everything just as it was. <laughs> and so the lepers, under the cover of dark, make their way creeping quietly. Can't you imagine it? They go into that first tent. And they see there is nobody there, and there's food on the table, there's wine, there's silver, there's gold, there's clothing, and they feast. They gorge, and they take as much as they can. And the scripture tells us that they take the silver and the gold and the clothing, and they go and they take this food and this drink, and they go and they hide it. I mean, who knows if somebody's coming back. And so then as they take that and they go hide it so they might return to it later, they decide to go and to check out another tent. And sure enough, everything has been left behind. Silver, gold, food, wine, clothing. And they have hit the jackpot. And they have all this loot. That's where we get a beautiful moment. These who clung to the very last fiber of hope, who kept moving. These who had faced a hopeless situation have now found the hope that they have been waiting for. But they know, they know there are others that are still waiting for that same hope. They probably at this point could have just stopped and taken care of themselves. But they knew that they could not do that. 
Scripture says that they say to one another, what we are doing is wrong. This is a day of good news. And if we are silent and wait until morning light, we will be found guilty. Therefore, let us go and tell the king's household. (laughs) They know they've got to proclaim this good news. Because this good news has got to be shared. Because they know as hopeless as they may have been, as helpless as they may have been, and they have now found hope, they know there are still others. There are still others who are absolutely stopped moving and they have lost all hope. Why would I place my hope even in the Lord? But they know that God is a God of faithful, faithfulness. And God, as he was faithful then, he is faithful now. And that same God is the one that has proclaimed rescue to the captives. And so they know they must go back to encourage others on. To let them know, just keep moving. Maybe you're in one of these spots. Maybe right now you're going through one of these moments that you have just felt so hopeless. Keep moving. Keep clinging to that last fiber of hope. And may we then see that God who was faithful then is that same God that is faithful now. I'm reminded of my very first marathon that I ran in 2010, the Disney World Marathon. As challenging as that race was, one of the most beautiful things that I witnessed at that race was over the last few miles, people that had finished far ahead of me, and trust me, there was quite a few, People that had already finished the race came back out onto the course, showing the medal that they had received for finishing, but also offering hope to those who might be at the point of ready to quit, those who were ready to just stop moving. They were able to be told, there is hope. Folks, there may be somebody in your life today that you have already received hope, but maybe they are finding themselves at a point of complete hopelessness. We are called by God to be the light into the darkness. We are called by God to be those people that carry the message of hope out into the hopelessness. There is hope. And today, may we be like those lepers who have found our hope. Going in whatever ways we can, whether it's through sharing a Facebook video or making a phone call. May we be people who proclaim, just keep moving. Just continue to cling to that last fiber. And there, may we find our hope. Let us pray. God of all hope, in you, we continue to cling. Lord, may you offer us That reminder that as long as we keep moving faithfully in your journey, your faithfulness will be demonstrated. But as people who have already received that hope, God, may we be people who are willing to share that hope that we have received with those that have quit moving. Lord, today there may be those who have lost all hope. Maybe even this message seems 
so trivial because it does not connect or resonate for where they are. But Lord, today, by the power of your Holy Spirit, may you light a fire within them, a fire that it calls them to continue moving, a fire that calls them to keep on and hope on. Lord, today, may we cling to that hope that we have in you. Lord, we pray this in the name of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. And please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.